My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. Times we have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another fascinating and exciting episode of Conservative Daily. There is so much going on right now. My goodness gracious. So we're going to go through a number of things tonight. Uh, I also do. I just finished uh, doing some editing on another episode uh, I recorded a little while ago with Scott Shara. So I'm going to be uh, most likely broadcasting that tomorrow. Um, I was thinking about doing it tonight, but uh, I want to get some more presence about it, make sure that people know to tune in. So it'll probably be after the, um, after the morning show tomorrow. There are also some updates coming out from some of our people here in Colorado. I'm not going to go into that yet. Hello again, Brandon. How are you doing, brother? Uh, man, I love you guys. I love Patty Lynch. Here we go! Uh, Two-hour videos allowed so- soon to Twitter. Yep. Yeah, it will. I agree. The, what is it, 180 seconds, I think, is the limit right now. It's been killing me because there's so many clips that I want to share with everybody. It's been crushing my soul. Uh, but... First of all, let's talk about the elections. Uh, obviously, you know, obviously. Uh, number one, some. Uh, <laughs> let's let's put this up real quick. Uh, something that I find a bit hilarious. This one <laughs> is a poll on Twitter right now. Go over here. Uh, what do you guys think? Is Elon Musk suppressing Democrats on Twitter? It looks like the, uh, the council of the people has spoken at a pretty overwhelming 82.6% no so far, but Elon Musk has quite literally come out and said that Twitter, you know, the man in charge of Twitter, the man with all the data right now, he has said that. Twitter is, in fact, engaged in election interference. Isn't that spectacular? Well, actually, you know what? I already have it somewhere else. I will pull that in. Even when we don't agree? Yeah, absolutely. That is the whole point of the First Amendment. That is the whole point here in America. We don't have to agree, and that is great. That is fine. That is dandy. Uh, I hope you guys don't object to me. Uh, phrasing it that way. I love the word dandy. I don't know why. Dandy's a great word. Personally, I think dandy's a great word. Uh, so first, I would like to play a clip. I'll pull that up while I'm playing it because I want to show you that Elon Musk tweet because it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. I want to talk about Maricopa. It is now... Ooh. It's now day six of the Arizona Revo protest. Yes, there are still people there. I have uh, a clip that I can play for you in a little while about the people who are still there as well. But let's hear Laura Logan. She, uh, in the last day or so, had a spot-on 
uh, comment when she was on with Bannon talking about Maricopa. And I really enjoyed it because she mentioned something that Joe and, uh, you know, several of our friends in the know have been repeating seemingly ad nauseum for quite a while. Namely that these election officials who continue to refuse to see the evidence, who continue to lie to everybody, including those people in Maricopa, the same ones who put on a complete sham of a press conference, this pathetic, disingenuous, disgraceful, and insulting uh, PR stunt in order to convince us that they had done all their homework, they had taken care of the vote, they'd taken care of the American people during the election. They have continued to lie to us, and they don't know about the technology, and to the extent that they do, they're lying about it. So let's play what Laura Logan, uh, Lara, apologies, Lara Logan said first. This is a moment now for people to see them for who they truly are. We now are in no illusions about the Bill Gates of Maricopa County, right? He's shown his true colors, and so have the rest of them at the Board of Elections in Maricopa, over the objections of their constituents, over the objections of the GOP locally, over the objections of people all across this country. They have certified an election that the truth is they have absolutely no way to vouch for those results. It is a complete lie. And, and, and they have been put to shame by Cochise County, right, in Arizona, and put to shame by another county in Pennsylvania, counties that had the courage to stand up and say, we're not going to certify an election that we can't stand by. And the real truth here is that there isn't an election official in America who can certify an election that is run by machines because they don't speak code. They don't go into those machines. They don't test them. They don't have the vaguest idea what they're talking about. When they tell you they certify that election, they're lying, 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 lying through their teeth. And the reality is that uh, when they say they do risk limiting audits and all these other controls, you know what you find when you peel back the curtain? Oh, wait, a risk limiting audit is you looked at maybe 100 ballots out of how many thousands? And you use that, you know, test sample to say that all of them are valid until we have an election system that can be verified and transparent by anyone in this country. It should be like jury duty. You should have kids in high schools that are there. You should have cameras. You should have every step of the process be transparent because you know what I discovered when I worked on this for seven months straight is that every step of the process is involved with fraud. That's the truth of our elections. There's no part of our elections that isn't subject to fraud. And it's time to stop lying to ourselves and lying to each other. Well said, Laura Logan, as always, coming in strong, talking about these things. These people don't know code. They continue to lie to us. So glad Laura came over. Yeah, certifying fraud is a crime. They should not have certified. Uh, not getting texts about going live. Are you guys not getting them? Because it shows sent on my end. Let me know if that is not happening. They should have been going. Uh, let me know if you're not getting them, though. I will make sure I get it figured out. They are, as far as I can see, going out. Uh, and yes, please help us out on uh, Telegram. Uh, I'll put up one more time. The uh, These are our main accounts that we've been pushing out stuff on. No, you didn't get it either, Ash. Okay. Interesting. I will have to make sure that gets fixed. Uh, but here are some of our main accounts. This is what we've been pushing out stuff mostly on what's going on in Maricopa. Also, keep in mind, uh, obviously, we use Telegram. We use some of these, but uh, we are going to prioritize truth. Uh, now, Twitter, to an extent, we are still banned on Twitter, uh, but you can follow Ash in America and Apollo Watching. The handle is Apollo Watching. Everywhere else, I am Apollo is watching. Uh, but, of course, Joe Oltman and uh, Conservative Daily. Uh, so that is th those are the main places that you can follow us. We're also on Getter. We're also on Parler and Gab. We haven't been using those until the last few months. Uh, but Telegram is kind of a mess. It's really useful because there's a lot of information on there. There's also a lot of bots, uh, and it's really frustrating at times. Uh, but definitely check us out on True Social. I know Joe is going to be, in particular, going to be uh, prioritizing true social and some of these platforms that actually do stand up for free speech. 
and actually are on the side of Americans. So do keep that in mind. Um, now, I would like, since we heard from Laura Logan, let's remember that Carrie Lake, someone who we are uh, putting a lot of faith in, and I think many of us are right to do that. I have, uh, you know, we have some frustrations because um, because of what has happened in Maricopa. Uh, personally, I wish that uh, some of these some of these political figures, some of these candidates, would have come out a little bit stronger and said very clearly what uh, what happened and said that people should stand up and protest. There's, of course, a lot of politicking going on, as always. Uh, but here's what Carrie Lake said. She was very straightforward about this, too. I want to tell the people out there, Joe, it's, it's easy when you've seen something like this and you see it time and time again. And we had election workers, we had poll workers out there, we had attorneys. And then to see as the basically election day system broke down, it is discouraging. And I know many people say they want to throw their hands up and just give up. We can't do that. Our kids and grandkids are counting on it. This is our moment to stand up, stand in this gap, and stand for America. We have to push back. God did not put us here because it was easy. He put us strong fighters with courage and bravery at this moment in history to restore faith in our, in our elections. It is so important. So I think it's the most important issue of our time. 100% most important issue of our, of our time. I want to play one more clip for you uh, because there are, of course, those who are saying, and I'm not going to get mad about it tonight, but there are those saying, no, now's not the time to protest. We have legal challenges. We have court cases in the works. Uh, if there's one court case you should be following, it's probably Lloyd Brunson's uh, and his brother, uh, Rollin Brunson. Those guys, I really hope that I get to call them the American heroes that they should be called. But uh, that's all well and good. We can keep keep looking to those, keep supporting those efforts. There are a lot of ways that we can be doing that and a lot of other things that are not really uh, mainstream news right now that could definitely benefit those efforts. However, General Flynn himself, he was doing an interview with X-22, and I think he called it exactly right. So I'm actually really pleased that General Flynn came out and said this. Uh, for those of you who think now is not the time to uh, get in the streets, and again, I don't mean violently, but to actually stand up, to actually show yourself visibly, to actually go out there like the people in uh, Maricopa are still doing, uh, here's what General Flynn had to say about these elections. I, I, I met uh, with a person uh, last 24 hours and, you know, a, a good person talking about you know, the election. And we were talking about Arizona and, you know, and the comment was made that, well, you know, it's it's so bad. It's, it's too bad that, that Carrie Lake only lost by a few votes. She only lost by a small margin. I said, wait a second. Carrie Lake won by hundreds of thousands of votes. I guarantee it if they actually look at it. I mean, you, you don't have some of the down ballot voting that occurred, right. Carrie Lake won by a large, large margin. It's it's solely because of the of the horrific uh, corruption that's it, that's in one in one particular county, but it's probably in Pima County out there as well. So it's not just in, but Maricopa is the, like I said, the poster child. So now the question, really, what you're what you're raising is when is somebody going to be held accountable? Because the level of frustration by the American people is is at an all time high, mm -hmm. and and you know what we what we want to do is we want to solve our problems through the processes that we have, right? We want people to be held accountable. And so when somebody says, "Well, let's look here," you know, if Carrie Lake sues to look at something to to do a to, to decertify the election, maybe decertify the entire state, run another election, mm -hmm. decertify that Maricopa County, run another election. I mean. That, you know, there's no reason in the world that that we should not be able to do that, that, you know, that the people of Arizona should not be able to do that. But the people of Arizona, you know, I, I can tell you, because we watched this over the last two years. And I've been saying this even before, even before the end of uh, of Donald Trump's last term, that that judges and courts do not want to make decisions about the outcome of elections. That's up to the people and the Constitution. And so. Judges are, are going to be reticent to say, to make a decision one way or the other. They, they will rule on the law. They will rule on what is presented to them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and what, what we've seen is like we've seen a lot of, well, there's, you don't have standing. And so the judges throw it out. 
So it's not about evidence. There's a ton of evidence. I mean, there's so much evidence. It's re, it's insane. But judges don't want to say you won, you lost. They don't want to do that. And it's actually constitutionally, it's not their role. Their role is to rule on law. And so they they that's kind of where they want to be. So it's going to have to be the people, you know, if 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 the Maricopa County, you know, Board of Supervisors, the Board of Elections, or whatever. I mean, there there should be people that are that are you know that are at those meetings every night. I mean, they should be demanding. People of Arizona should be demanding a a a, a decertification of their state's election. Honestly. So there you go. You know, there's a a lot of concepts in there, but what possible reason do we have not to demand that they they refuse to certify? We deserve a new election. There's nothing about these. Like he said, like General Flint said, this is not about evidence. This is about accountability. So, now let's talk about some people who are standing up. And number one, if we like, we can talk about China. Because again, they've had it much worse than us. They've had it much worse through COVID. Their entire system, I mean, through the censorship, persecution of people. You know, organ harvesting, the persecution of Falun Gong. China is such a mess right now. But the Chinese people are standing up. So here's, uh, here's some proof, apparently, that right now the Chinese are, either care more about the state of their nation and uh, the lives that, that are theirs, their own lives that are currently under assault and have been. They've had enough. This is apparently what uh, Americans are unwilling or unable to do for themselves. So China's doing it. Let's remind everyone as well. I have the tweet now. Sorry, it took me a second. But let's remember, Elon Musk, he responded to Reuters. Reuters said, Twitter not safe under Elon Musk, says former head of trust and safety. Oh, my goodness, the former head of trust and safety. We've covered these people before. Uh, Someone responded, Ava Fox said Twitter has shown itself to not be safe for the past 10 years, lost users' trust. The past team of trust and safety is a disgrace. It doesn't have any right to judge what is being done now. They had a chance and they sold their souls. Elon Musk responds exactly. The obvious reality, as long-time users know, is that Twitter failed in trust and safety for a long time and interfered and has interfered in elections. Elon Musk, the man who owns Twitter and has all the info, stated very clearly that Twitter has interfered in elections. This is, of course, something that we've known, but now you have the man himself confirming it. Twitter 2.0, he says, will be far more effective, transparent, and even-handed. That was this morning. That was, uh, I believe, when we were in the middle of our show. This isn't about evidence. This has nothing to do with evidence. At what point do we decide that we're done with this? That we're willing to stand up? 
Let's talk again about Brazil. This released by CD Media. Uh, this is Todd's Todd Woods' uh, outlet, and he's a great patriot. You should follow him. You should follow CD Media. Uh, they have people who are over there working on all of this. Over 170 Brazilian military officers send a letter to high command demanding action to preserve their honor and nation's freedom. So, again, Brazil facing very much the same kind of uh, the same kind of corruption and theft as we do here, as they careen towards certification of a rigged election. Members of the Brazilian military grow restless with the lack of action by high command preventing takeover of the country by a communist regime. Um, a letter signed in the early hours of Monday and Tuesday of this week by active duty officers directed to the command of the Brazilian army demonstrating dissatisfaction with, quote, legal insecurity and political and social instability. The military ratify the importance of harmony between three powers. We are concerned about the lack of impartiality in the narrative of the facts and dissemination of data. Cowardice, injustice, and weakness are the most abhorred attributes for a soldier. Our nation, the one that delivers the highest levels of trust, trust to the armed forces, knows that its military will not abandon it. They complete. It remains to be seen how this drive will play out. I hope that Brazil comes out and they completely overdo this. They overturn everything. I hope that they throw these people out, lock them up. That is truly what I hope happens. How, how long are we willing to let these other... Uh, you know, these people school us. How, how long are we going to stand by as America, which should be, you know, an actual leader, not, not the type of leader that we've seen, uh, you know, over our lifetimes, where we dictate everything about the world. We go play politics. We overturn governments. We install who is convenient for our intelligence department. We play games with sanctions. How about a, uh, the type of leader that the American people can take charge of? One that demands accountability and respect and transparency. Demands anything that should be just matter of fact in what we like to refer to as the freest nation on earth. Land of the free, home of the brave. Americans have been cowards, frankly. And it's, it's not all their fault because, again... The most well-funded, largest, and well-orchestrated, most sophisticated psychological operation that has ever been waged on a people has been waged on Americans over the last few years. But I think we should all decide that we've had enough, don't you? Regarding what's going on in China, none other than <laughs> uh, Justin Trudeau. This fine man, this man himself mentioned that everyone in China should be allowed to protest. Wall Street Silver had a great, uh, a great response to this. Uh, they posted on Twitter, every, uh, in response to Justin Trudeau, everyone in China should be allowed to protest. We will continue to ensure that China knows we will stand for human rights and with people who are expressing themselves. With people who are expressing themselves, right? This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, between a mar massive arsenal of top-tier firearms, competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off 
everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, But you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, As always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online, available to everyone across the entire country. Well, what else did uh, Justin Trudeau do? Because remember, these are the same leaders as we... Oh, do we have Ash on? Oh, it looks like we do. Give me one moment. Can you hear me? Hello there. Hey, and do I have audio? Yes. Okay. I was enjoy. I, I was just listening in and, and enjoying. Sorry, I'm uh, late. I was watching Bankman Freed's uh, testimony. Really, kind of felt like a deposition. <laughs> oh, there's there'll be no shortage of those, I'm sure. Uh, you want to see you you want to see something that's funny and tragic all at the same time? Absolutely, always. All right. So again, you know, Trudeau, everyone in China should be allowed to protest. Let's make sure that we know that they, that we stand with them. Here's how Trudeau, uh, treated his own people. Thank you for wall street silver for this. And let's not, as I was saying, uh, before I realized that you were in the, in the house, that these are the same people. And I'm glad you're here. This is fortuitous timing because this, uh, you know, deal book, conference where business policy and culture all connect featuring this uh, lovely cast of uh, liars and psychopaths who are the real ones dictating the culture and the business and the policy, the same powers that have resulted in Canada being what it is, the same policies that we face here, which I'm sure we're about to face again. Here's that same Trudeau in response to his own citizens. So I hope everyone's glad that Justin Trudeau has said that he stands with the Chinese people as they protest. Yeah, brilliant. Um, put up against the O Canada, uh, beautiful, haunting rendition of the Canadian national anthem. Um, they are hypocrites, right? I mean, we watched in the summer of 2020 when the country burned down um we saw you know the right kind of people are allowed to exercise their rights uh the right kind of people according to the state right if you're protesting for marxism if you're protesting to give more power to the state if you're protesting in support of any of those those people those uh global corporate communists that are at the head of um at the head of this, including, you know, as we talked about this morning, business, policy, and culture, right? So you've got the heads of business, you've got the heads of governments forming policies, and you've got uh, all of the institutions that are manipulating our culture. And that that was really haunting. I, I, I 
I um, actually kind of like the Canadian. We, we watch a lot of hockey, so we're um, very familiar with the Canadian national anthem in my house. And it's a it's it's a beautiful song that was haunting. And um, that right, that what we just witnessed against the Canadian truckers, what we've what we've seen um, in this country of any sort of that's why people are afraid to get in the street. That's why people are afraid to protest, to even just show up and wave a flag because it can very quickly turn into something else. And it's often the government that turns it into something else. Well, that's kind of the uh, rock and a hard place that I think we're at because everyone's afraid of, you know, of that for the reasons that you just so eloquently stated. But at the same time, us standing up and being, being willing uh, to do so, that's, exactly what is needed to prevent that from happening in you know in the future we've already seen that they will escalate we have uh we talked yesterday about um about Stuart Rhodes being found guilty of seditious conspiracy and i'll remind absolutely. everyone absolutely that is absolutely egregious the 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 politicization of our law enforcement and particularly what is happening to the J sixers to Stuart Rhodes to Oath Keepers. Um, is it right? And you probably are better up on this than I am. Cause you interviewed those guys yesterday. Mel is a good friend of mine. I haven't met. Um, is it Nicole? I haven't yeah. met her. Nicole yet, but I've, I've yeah. texted with her. Yeah. Um, but is it true that that's never been charged? Or never been convicted, rather. Yeah, uh, I th I think I read that, but I haven't confirmed it. So maybe somebody in the chat knows for sure. Um, but yeah, I I just it, it there's no we knew they wouldn't get a fair trial in D.C. There's no way to get a fair trial in D.C. It's filled with swamp creatures, um, and certainly this is this is an escalation. This is another message, right? Don't don't protest. Don't speak up. Don't uh, talk, you know, on, in online chat rooms about um, uh, about reclaiming the republic, about planning to, um, you know, show up in force or stand in the gap. Right there. The, the state is escalating against the people right now. And um, that conviction should should stun everyone because he wasn't even there he, he wasn't no. even there no they've, they've cherry-picked absolutely everything about this i think um and i don't know about that particular charge um if i remember I, I think seditious conspiracy the the most equivalent thing to what Rhodes and uh and the other woman were charged with was i think it was in the 90s um and i think they were there were some Middle Eastern people who I, I can't remember the details, but um, well, very rare at the least, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's very rarely rare. proven. It's not... Very rarely proven, and I, I hardly think yeah. you can call this proven. And this is absolutely a disgrace. The other thing I want to remind everyone on that point uh, before we move on is the Green Beret. Uh, this man here, if you all remember, we reported on this a while back. Uh, he was the individual who was approached, and he refused to be an informant for the FBI on January 6th. Yeah. Uh, so Jeremy Brown, he attended the D.C. protests on January 6th, joined the Oath Keepers in November of 2020. Uh, and uh, he was then approached. He has spoken out about how the uh, DHS and FBI's task force contacted him and tried to recruit him to spy on Patriots. He went on and detailed things on his Facebook and uh, his trial is approaching. So his trial is uh, going to start December 5th. So that's coming up very soon. So we need all eyes on yeah. them and make sure Monday. that we're supporting. Yeah, very, very soon. Make sure that we're supporting uh, these Americans because we, if, if we allow this to continue, then I don't know what we'll stand for. Whew. I walked into a heavy show, Apollo. Do you want to hear about Bankman Freed? Yes. Talk to me. Talk to talk to the people. <laughs> so I, 
I dropped in slacks. I think it's, I sent it to you in a DM instead of the channel, but I dropped you a couple videos of, um, or Twitter videos. So I, I, <laughs> um, we'll start with body language. There was like a, I don't have enough of a shot to be able to show you, but like his right arm was just like, let me go, how do I get in? There we go. Like this the whole time. Right. He was shaking. Now I don't know if he has a nervous tick like this, but it was down on his arm, but he was just like, I mean, like he was like visibly, um, very uncomfortable. It was a relatively tough interview. I think, uh, I, I, th I think the host of the deal book summit did a decent job. Um, I, I, there was one moment where he was asked about governance and he said um, that the, the interview, I can't think of the guy's name um, that hosted the event today. It, he asked, you've gotten a lot of criticism that you don't have governance, uh, you know, that you didn't have a formal board of directors. You didn't have people making decisions for your company. An accounting department. And, yeah. Anything. Right. And he says, he says, uh, well, in some ways, I think we had too much governance. And then his feed dropped and the crowd was like, are you kidding me? And it started to get real heated in there. And the guy on the stage <laughs> is like, no, I mean, we're, we're going to get him back. We're going to get him back. Um, the other thing to note is he was not there, right? He was zoomed in. He is from his undisclosed location, which definitely did not look like a jail cell. Uh, so that's unfortunate. Um but a few key moments, you know, and again, like I said this morning, um, I, uh, the Finn Twit on Twitter posted in 2008, Bernie Madoff was arrested within 24 hours of his fraud being revealed in 2022. SBF will be attending the New York Times deal book summit after his fraud was revealed. And he certainly did. So a couple of key moments I captured, um, on both my Twitter and Telegram, I was going back and forth, which was very difficult. It's very hard to live chat on on two platforms. Um, so uh, let's see. He threw Congress under the bus. He said he had the most extensive regulatory process uh, with the regulators that they had. Um, lawmakers were not concerned. Um, and he was asked about his lobbying activities and why he was spending you know, so much time at the government. He actually said, this is a direct quote. I, I spent hundreds of hours, possibly thousands of hours in DC. Um, and he was saying he was trying to get meetings, trying to get the point where he could meet with regulators, meet with, um, with legislators. And then he says in the same breath, but it wasn't about money. Um, and he claimed when he asked about the amount of money that he put into um, legislation as well as into candidate races. Uh, he actually said that his lobbying activities were primarily focused on pandemic preparedness and prevention. He was focused on supporting people who were focused on stopping the next pandemic. Um, he was asked, you also I'm made noble. it because a quote, yeah, super noble. You also made a number of investments in media companies, which has raised questions that you were trying to buy influence. Can you speak to that? And he said, quote, media matters a lot. And I wanted to support good media ventures. So there's that. <laughs> he was asked about his parents. I guess his parents are law professors. And um, he, he said, you know, what was it like? He was asked, what was it like? to tell your parents and, and he kind of fumbled around with it and, uh, said, um, that, you know, I think I went to them and I said, guys, I might have a problem. <laughs> um, but then he <laughs> talked a little bit about his parents and he said, you know, it's been quote, it's been hard period for anyone who was close to me End quote, you know, it was a harder period for the people whose, um, life savings you stole. And then he said, you know, I, quote, I feel really bad about that. Um, and he really doubled down on, you know, I was focused on getting mosquito nets for people with malaria. I was focused on getting clean water. I just wanted to do good. My intentions were super pure. Um, you know, so, so, so sorry that this happened. And the, um, the interviewer asks him, you know, from the outside, 
this looked like a sound company. It looked like a solid idea. It looked like you guys knew what you were doing. You had the support of a massive media establishment. You had the support of the likes of people like Tom Brady. And I'm paraphrasing this question. Um, But then he said, and this is a quote, it seems like when you read the stories, it sounds like a bunch of kids who were on Adderall having a sleepover party, end quote. (laughs) (laughs) And I swear his answer is, Look, I screwed up. <laughs> I'm tired of these psychopaths, you know. Yeah. So then, the the part of this that I actually think is really interesting, and I, I mean, it's hilarious. Like none of this isn't hilarious, right? Um, but he says uh, he goes on. You know, he's he's kind of asked what went wrong, right? And he starts talking about uh, about. Well, I'll just quote it. One area we completely failed on was risk. And that's really embarrassing in retrospect. Um, that's a, you know, a blended quote. He said, I got less grounded on that. He got less grounded on risk when he was running a, a financial exchange in an investment firm. You can't make this up. And then after that, he starts talking about upside and he's making generalities about like the population as a whole and saying, um, you know, when when people invest, you know, they get so excited. Is this going to turn into five times? Is this going to turn into 100 times? They're so focused on upside, upside, upside. So he, he eventually gets to the point where he says that's what his problem was. He was focused on on upside, and so he neglected risk. So to put that, are you in, kidding in, me? That I'm not. I'm not. So like, just so for 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 for, just because I I, I really just have to translate that. He was thinking about how much money he was going to make, so he lost all the money. <laughs> I hate these people. Yeah. I know I'm not supposed to. I know. I know that's bad. And before we move on, today's show is sponsored by Augusta Precious Metals. They help retirement savers use gold IRAs to diversify and hedge against this crazy economy. Augusta is different. They don't push fear and doom like some gold IRA companies. They're all about compliance, transparency, and educating people to protect their retirement. Augusta has thousands of five-star ratings and hundreds of great reviews. Their most famous customer, quarterback Joe Montana, Loved the company's mission so much, he's now their paid ambassador. Even Money Magazine says Augusta is the best gold IRA company. So don't get into a gold IRA nightmare. Protect your retirement savings with a reliable, transparent company. Get Augusta's free guide from their website. You can go to www.augustapreciousmetals.com. That is A-U-G-U-S-T-A preciousmetals.com. A company that puts its money where its mouth is. Love it. Get the Augusta Precious Metals free gold IRA guide at www.augustapreciousmetals.com and do something now about protecting your retirement. Yeah, uh, he also made claims that... Do you want me to play these two that... Twitters that you sent me? Yeah, just um, well, yeah. so the, the DCTV one, I was just about to summarize that. So go ahead and, and play that one. Uh, I need one sec. I have the other one. The uh, Okay, you can play the other Castillo one first. Go ahead. Yep. Okay. come from for those donations? Where, where did the money come from for those donations? So, uh, you know, basically uh, profits. I mean, uh, you know, it was. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Profits. Remember, guys, FTX was running the uh, the entire crypto donation program for the Ukraine war effort. Um, so there's that, there's that, but, uh, he actually makes a case. And, I mean, this guy's getting roasted all over the internet. It, it, I can't believe he is making the decision to speak out at this point. He should be lawyered up and trying to figure out some sort of defense. He's getting terrible advice. Um, shouldn't be tweeting, shouldn't be speaking, should, uh, should, should really kind of hunkered down um but in this next clip he's trying to explain that ftx is is fully solvent and he's going to make everyone whole Uh, i can't wait to hear this one 
just to, to make a distinction here, you look at the US platform, you look at the international platform. The US platform uh, is a US regulated platform with American users. To my knowledge, that's fully solvent, that's fully funded. And uh, you know, I believe that withdrawals could be opened up today and everyone could be made whole from <laughs> many of these problems plagued the, the US platform. Uh, oh, wow, bold yeah. statement there. Bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah, see how it works out for him, right? Um, so he was asked, I think those are the only uh, the only cuts that I have um, because this just happened. Like this this ended, you know, about 20 minutes into the show. So we can we can attempt to pull more. This was behind a uh, it wasn't YouTube or anything. It was um, it was on a uh, a behind the it, not a paywall, but behind the, the wall on the New York Times. And um, but he was asked, how much money do you have left at this point? And he stumbles and fumbles. And I really wish I had this. He's like, uh, uh, bleh, bleh, practically nothing. And he, you know, does some word salad. And then the guy says, really, you have no secret money put away. You didn't put any anything away. And he goes, no. I put everything that I had into FTX. So when everybody's asking where, where's, where's all the it? money, um, he doesn't seem to know. Of course he doesn't seem to know. You know what I find fascinating? So you remember I was doing a little, a little conspiracy theorizing because, uh, you know, that's what I do. Um, okay, you're still there. Remember I put up his Twitter handle? Actually, I wonder if it's still up. I wonder if he's changed it. Uh, and he had that weird little, uh, you know, pedophile symbol on the T-shirt in there. Um, I find it fascinating that as this whole thing is is being uncovered, that the Balenciaga uh, owner, the the brand that owns Balenciaga, caring, is taking a stand supporting Ukraine and became the ambassador of United24 fundraising platform initiated by Zelensky in the Ukraine recovery direction to help temporarily displace persons. The head of state personally thanked Denma, this is the guy who owns the parent company of Balenciaga, for the determination to support Ukraine, which the fashion house and he expressed during the Balenciaga Winter 22 show in March when he shared with his guests his own experience as a refugee. So this guy's handling the, uh, <laughs> he's helping with the recovery of displaced persons. Does that include children? I mean, I'm I mean, sure it does. Are they selling, uh, you know, $40,000 cabinets and stuff too? I mean, this is just, they're, they're in massive damage control from a brand standpoint. It's all hands on decks over at, uh, at, the fashion house at Balenciaga. It's disgusting. Um, I think that anybody who is passionate about this story should be reaching out, <laughs> should be reaching out. Yeah, it's gross. To the celebrities, uh, you know, who are in, who endorse these, this, this disgusting brand that is openly promoting the exploitation of children. Um, there's no, yeah, I heard I was I, I was listening to a bunch of different takes on it and who may, you know, Balenciaga is blaming the creative department, right? All of these things. No, no, absolutely not. Um, the 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 brand campaigns go all the way up to at least the CMO. Something like that was probably approved by the head of the company. That was a deliberate choice that they made. That was that was the direction they decided to go with that with with their brand their brand the balenciaga brand is now synonymous with child exploitation and this ukraine crap is just an attempt to to do damage control i think oh and i had something mixed up i just realized i i had uh the wrong images in there i, I was looking at a bunch of balenciaga stuff so that's not the owner of caring that's the creative director I just realized I misspoke. Mm. The that Denma guy who's doing the you know displaced persons thing, he's the creative director for Balenciaga. So and now this, they're going to Ukraine. They're going hard the, on Ukraine. Yeah, this is the dude who would have like signed off on that 
you know, child BDSM at. And he's now involved in, you know, rescue efforts in Ukraine. How convenient. I feel like we're witnessing the Ukrainian version of the Clinton Foundation. Well, it's all the same, right? I mean, the one thing that we, again, we'll go back to business, policy, culture. I think we should take the construct of the deal book summit and just hammer that because that is kind of the three legs of the stool when it comes to the Great Reset, right? They are affecting business. That's your your the the that's the businesses that you um patronize right so if you you whatever technology products you use whatever you do it's also the businesses that are um holding all of the data so any any company that you work with your data is flowing through all of those systems it's also shaped into the strategy and the training offerings and the employee experience and the service offerings and external experiences of every company and every every uh, sector and every industry in the world. And that's business, right? And then you get into policy. There's your government. There's your lobbying arms. There's where that happens. And then really, uh, you know, you get in, you get into culture and that is the schools. It's the uh, universities. It's the, you know, we, we talk about the, the programming, programming, entertainment, programming. Pro- ah, I can't get that word out today programming that is happening towards our children right things like disney uh netflix remember the cuties outrage all of the all of the things right to shape the the culture that way it's the ngos it's the causes it's the politics right the not not the not the candidates and the elections but the organizing in the the precincts right and and get super tight in the party um, and carry this platform and carry these messages. Every single aspect of our culture has been infected with this uh, global corporate communism. So business policy and culture is how they are enslaving us. And we are not waiting for it. It is happening now. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the, uh, the women real quick, too. I or, like I'm sorry, women. the children. Well, I like the women, too. Oh, okay. Uh, I like uh, children, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, I don't particularly like mine right now, but I do like children. <laughs> <laughs> God help them. Uh, Project Veritas. Eh, well, I'll give them a little bit of slack. Project Veritas released something uh, today. And it, so I, this was probably a month ago, uh, I broke down uh, this interview that Samantha, or no, Savannah Hernandez uh, at Sav says did with a whistleblower inside one of the companies that is involved in bringing these migrants in and how they're getting all of this taxpayer money and they're violating every rule. They're, they're sending these kids off with people they don't know, people they meet over the internet, the people who are supposed to be checking the paperwork aren't doing it. Some of these people who are actually handing these kids off and working for this company have no background checks. God knows who they are. Uh, and I encourage you to go back and watch that again. Yeah, these kids are just disappearing and they talked about tens of thousands of children who are coming in. Well, and you have to understand how the, how the, the, you know, there's a transfer, right, from DHS to HHS when it comes to immigration. So Department of Homeland uh, Security detains them. They're not, they they don't photograph them. They don't fingerprint them. They don't track them. They use, you know, whatever. A lot of them have notes pinned to them, whatever, whatever their names are, whatever their ages that they can deduce is uh, what they do. But they don't track these kids. at the border patrol or at the department of homeland security level. And then they, um, then they hand them over to HHS and, you know, we've had Karen Kennedy on the show who works for HHS. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if she's still there, but she did spend a significant portion of her life working for HHS talking about how, they had this all hands on deck at the border, right? We've got so many kids, you've got to come down here and people came home from that border duty back to Colorado, you know, her colleagues, people she knew so sick, they had to quit the agency. Um, Not sick, but like sick, right? Like I can't unsee what I've seen. I can't be a part of this. Um, It is absolutely disgusting conditions. and, And it's perpetuated by the fact that there's no coherent policy. So the the trafficking is you know as i've said before the most dangerous most expensive leg of the trafficking journey is getting them 
you know, to to their destination inside of the interior of the United States. That's where they're going to encounter um, resistance. And we we just do it for them. The government just, just does it for them. We've subsidized the final leg of the human trafficking journey. And um, so when we hear our government start talking about the fact that they're going to, you know, protect it's for the children act and and all these kinds of things that they're going to do to protect i i i my i get sick to my stomach no i agree it's it, it's truly disgusting and this is what i talk about us standing up to this is always in the back of my mind because you know this this is one of the big secrets that they don't want you to know about now, so i'm going to play this this is a two-minute clip and i want you to remember that this is not worst case scenario. This is these are the lucky the lucky ones. So he says, I can't legally work here. How'd you get the papers? It's a small piece of paper. You need to apply to jobs. So you have to have a social security, right? He says, Yes. How'd you get it? You just call the person, he comes to your home and bring it. How much did he charge you? $150. Who is recruiting and transporting minors for the purpose of labor that is trafficking that is a federal offense our undercover journalists traveled to florida there they met 20 year old frander who admitted to paying for his sponsor and never having lived at his sponsor's address. He says you have an address that you never went to? No, I never did. You never went with him? No, to his home? No, I didn't. He told us she had to drop out of school to work long hours in a restaurant kitchen because she owes money to the cartels. She says, I went to school for six months. And you work, why? Because you had to pay your debt? Yes. From what time to what time do you work? I go in at 4 and I get out at 2 in the morning. This is a 15-year-old girl. Who was recruiting the children? How many were in this particular ring? So sometimes it requires a lot of investigations. So if it's labor trafficking, they would be following those vans to where they were taking the children to work. So in other words, Project Veritas probably has to go out and do the... Uh... HHS Office of the Inspector General's job for them. <laughs> this is a 17-year-old boy. Are you working as well? He says yes. Where do you work? Wherever they take me. How long have you been in the U.S.? One month. Allowing these kinds of businesses to thrive because of this labor trafficking, it's cruel and exploitative, and it's creating conditions really of slavery again in our country. I don't understand why anybody would want to move a child quickly as opposed to vetting that the place that the child is going is safe. So good stuff from Project Veritas again. But again, yeah, is it, best case scenario for a lot of these kids. Right. And and again, <laughs> there's a there's a a real great way to address this. Secure the border and enforce the law. Enforce the immigration law. Enforce and and, and get our government decoupled from the cartels. Because seriously, this is absolutely disgusting. The thought of that 15, I think she was 15, yeah. uh, year old girl working to pay off her debt to the cartels when the most expensive part of that journey was already paid by the U.S. taxpayers. Um, think about it for a second, guys. Like, think about what is actually happening. And this, you know, I, again, I said this morning, um, this turned on in January 20, really in, in, you know, following the 2020 election, uh, the, the message was sent down, down to the central and South American communities that the border policy has changed. And as I understand it from sources and border patrol, that message was sent by NGOs. Uh, we, we've got to 
to start to unwind. You know, every investigative journalist out there, every citizen who has got a, a knack for research, everybody's got to start, uh, you know, shining some sunlight, give us some disinfectant on this issue because it's not, you know, it's absolutely the cartels. There's absolutely people in our government, people in our businesses, people in our culture that are working with the cartels on this. This is uh, it's pretty disgusting. And like that lady said in the video, we're, we're, it's, it's slavery. Um, you know, she said slavery again. Slavery never really went away. There's, there, you know, we focus on certain periods in time of, of slavery and whatnot, but there's more people enslaved in whether it's sex, sex slavery, uh, labor slavery, uh, whatever it is, medical harvesting <laughs> slavery, whatever it is, um, more than in any time in history, more people are enslaved today. So, yeah, 100%. That's it for part one of this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. Part two is coming up next, and you don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. God bless America.